O Lord, you give to us this morning a difficult task. You give to me a difficult task. In your word, you call me and you call us to comfort God's people. Lord, I, I feel the weight of those words. I ask, gracious Father, that you would send your Holy Spirit, that you'd help point all of us to your word that remains forever, that you would speak a word of comfort to us on this day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When pastor and theologian Timothy Wangert was ordained, his mother said to him, Tim, remember to comfort the people. The choir sang the words of Isaiah 40. It's called Isaiah and called preachers ever since then to comfort the people. After the sermon, we'll hear a hymn that many of you are familiar with, whose first line goes, Comfort, comfort now my people. Tell of peace, so says our God. Comfort those who sit in darkness, mourning under sorrow's load. To God's people now proclaim that God's pardon waits for them. Tell them that their war is over. God will reign in peace forever. The words of Isaiah 40 are strong words. I had a conversation with a friend today, or this week, who said that he's heard many sermons on Isaiah 40, and he can't remember anything the pastor said. But he can remember the words of Isaiah 40. And he encouraged me, if I did anything this week, that I would get out of the way and allow the words of Isaiah 40 to speak to us this day. Because they come with such comfort for us. Have, ever, have you ever tried to speak a word of comfort to someone who's suffering? It's hard. It's terribly difficult. I remember when I was at seminary, I came home one summer and I had to assist at a funeral of a college student, a student who was in my high school youth group when I was a youth director. And he had committed suicide. This young man was a friend of mine. His family cared for me and I cared for them. And I so desperately wanted to offer them a word of comfort. And I had a chance on that day I was with them and I was, I was driving with them from the funeral to the gravesite. And I wanted so desperately to say that one word that could speak into that situation. I couldn't find a single word that could truly speak into that situation. I tried, and I, I, I made small talk, and I tried so hard to find that word. But I couldn't. I didn't have a word that could speak, that could console their deep loss. In Hebrew, the word comfort literally means to breathe deeply. I like that word, and it makes sense. You comfort someone usually by speaking a deep word that can meet their deep need, that can reach down to the depths 
of their, their pain and sorrow. In fact, when you, you, we eat comfort food, it's not the food that's so important. It's all those memories, all those good memories that surround the food that are able to make us feel better in the midst of our sorrow. And McDonald's is brilliant <laughs> in calling that little meal a happy meal. Right? Because as a child, you eat the happy meal, you get the nice happy prize in the happy box. And so then 20 years later, when you're feeling down, you go, why am I craving a McDonald's cheeseburger? <laughs> you want that happiness. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one, but I don't think so. Now, when God comforts his people, God also speaks a deep word to us. But when he comforts us, he comforts us through his promises. As Psalm 119.82 tells us, my eyes long for your promise, for they bring me comfort. I'll say that again. My eyes long for your promise, they bring me comfort, or the promises. They bring me comfort. The promises of God are, are meant to speak deep into our situation, deep into our lives that we might hold on to them in the midst of our suffering. There's an old Jewish story about a little boy who, who went to a prophet. And he said to him, prophet, don't you see, you've been prophesying now for 15 years and things are still the same. Why do you keep on? And the prophet said, don't you know, little boy? I'm not prophesying to change the world. I'm prophesying to prevent the world from changing me. Right? By speaking these words of promise, of hope, he's holding on to that so that the world and the, the despair of the world won't change us, won't, won't throw us into such despair. He's holding on to the words of promise. God's word are filled with promises. They speak deep into our lives to comfort us. Now, in our reading from Isaiah, we find the people of Israel in need of comfort. Israel was either annihilated or they're about to be annihilated. No one quite knows exactly where the people are when Isaiah 40 is written, but at least while they were in captivity, they held on to these words. Israel was annihilated. Its holy temple had been profaned. Jerusalem destroyed. The people shipped to Babylon. They were in a terrible place. Psalm 137 expresses how it felt to be a, a people of God during this time. Psalm 137 says... By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept. And later, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. And then a little later in the psalm, O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. 
The people of Israel were in a terrible spot, filled with, dis- with despair. They wanted revenge brought on Babylon. The language is much stronger in the whole psalm. I, I was kind of nice and gentle to you. If you read Psalm 137, it's not a happy psalm. The people were not in a happy place. Israel was in a dark place. And yet in the midst of this darkness, in the midst of their despair, Isaiah 40 sounds out as a ray of light, a ray of hope for them to hold on to. Isaiah 40 begins with these words, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. I'll say him again. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Whenever scripture has two words in a row and repeats them, they're highlighting it. Comfort, comfort. This is what this whole chapter is going to be about. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Many of you, when you hear those words, might think of Handel's Messiah. Right? The second song. And in that song, you have this beautiful music, and then you have one voice, a tenor who sings in a very gentle way, I mean, a beautiful way. And they simply, he simply recites the words, practically, of Psalm 40. He's just, he's just saying these words. Why? Because they bring so much comfort. They're beautiful words. God is trying to, to bring beauty and comfort to his people. Comfort, comfort. My people, says your God. Beautiful, comforting words. Even more, These words speak of of relationship. Listen again. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. How beautiful are these words. Comfort, comfort my people, your God. This is the language of the covenant. This is the language of, of relationship. This is the language of love. It's the language of Ruth to Naomi who said, where you go, I will go. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. It's also the language of Hosea 11, which says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. These words, comfort, comfort my people, are relational, are are covenantal words. Speaking of of God calling his people to have comfort, knowing that they really are his people, and he really is their God. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. When I was at Westmont, I I had a friend whose dad was the president of the Navigators, Some of you might know that ministry, Navigators, they do a lot of discipleship and evangelism. And because we are college students, we are often feeling invincible, except when it came to girls. (laughs) Women were always, for us, a source of heartache and pain. Now that I have two daughters, (laughs) I'm not going to say anything more. No, but in the midst of our despair and in the midst of our pain, uh, we'd often share verses with each other. And he sat down one day and he told me these words I always remember. He said, you know, he said, my dad always told me that whenever he's down, whenever he's feeling bad, he simply opens to Isaiah 40 and he starts reading. And he won't stop until he finds comfort. He says, sometimes he gets to Isaiah 53 and that's finally where the comfort comes. Sometimes only one verse is needed. 
I've tried it. It works. <laughs> I've never had to get past the end of Isaiah and turn around and do it again. So, so there's comfort in these words. God wants his people to be comforted by these words. And yet, do you see the possible problem? Do you see the, the difficulty with this? For Isaiah, he was hearing these words that God Almighty wants the people comforted. He must wonder to himself, how in the world is he supposed to comfort a people in exile? It's hard enough to try to comfort one person who's mourning. How's Isaiah supposed to comfort a whole nation in mourning? Even more, the exile is only a symptom of a deeper problem, the fall. How's Isaiah supposed to speak a word that, that, that addresses death, sin, and the devil? What an impossible task. Oh, the weight of this, this word from God. And I'm convinced that's why in verse 6, we hear the words, a voice says, cry out. And Isaiah said, what shall I cry? At first when I read that, I went, is he not listening? I mean, God's given him all these words. But it's more than that. He understands. What shall I cry, God? How in the world can I speak a deep enough word to meet the people's deep need? What shall I cry, O Lord? But God answers him. Listen to how God responds. All men are like grass. And all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. We all know that. God speaks. He speaks law. Death comes because of the fall, but the spirit is involved there. But then it goes on to say in verse 8, Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our God stands forever. In other words, to Isaiah who doesn't know what to say, Isaiah who understands about grass withering and flowers falling, Isaiah who knows the, how limited he is, how finite humanity is, Isaiah, who knows that when God speaks, death can occur. Death does occur. Isaiah is told that God has a new word. God has a promise. God has a word that can speak into exile, into doubt, into pain, into Genesis 3. A word that can... Make everything right. That is deep enough. A word of promise and of hope. That's what this voice is saying to Isaiah. God's word does stand forever. There is a new word coming. And in fact, this whole passage is filled with God's promises. Listen to verse 2. It says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed or her war is over and that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Or listen to verse 3. 
A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. In other words, God is coming. Just look out to the desert. You're going to see him coming just like he did in the Exodus. He came out from Sinai. He led the people out. Or verse 5. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Or down to verse 11. Or verse 10 before. See the sovereign Lord comes with power. And his arm rules for him. See his reward is with him. And his recompense, recompense accompanies him. And in verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. And carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. To hear these promises of God that are filled with comfort, God is coming. The war is over. God, the, the sin has been paid for. The glory of the God, if God is coming, He's coming like a, a shepherd. And we know about shepherds and the comfort they bring. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, Isaiah doesn't know yet. Not exactly, probably. I mean, who knows what he knew. Maybe he knew more than we thought, but he doesn't exactly know that this is Christ or what that would look like. But all these words of promise speak of Christ. Christ fulfills all these words. Remember, when it says that peace with God... Jesus Christ brought peace with God. Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus also comes and reveals God's glory. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the shepherd. John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. As I remind of a sermon here, he's also the great shepherd who will come back on that last day. Jesus is the fulfillment of all these promises. Jesus is that word that can speak into death. Jesus is that word of hope who's, who's deep enough and, and strong enough to meet all of our needs, to reverse Genesis 3. Now, of course, Isaiah didn't get these words yet. I mean, he didn't quite know how this would all work out. Instead, he had to prophesy and prophesy and prophesy, all with the hope that the world didn't change him, all with the hope to hold on to those promises in the midst of, of questions and doubts. So he spoke them, and the people probably memorized them and spoke them to each other to hold on to. Reformation. Do you need comfort today? I can't give it to you. But look to God's promises. 
For in his promises, there you will find his comfort. There you find Christ. Look to the promises of baptism. God has promised that you are united with Christ. Where he goes, you go. You are marked with the cross of Christ forever, sealed with the Holy Spirit. Or look to the Lord's Supper. Jesus promised to be in this meal for you, for you, for the forgiveness of sin. Or look to God's word. It's filled with promises. Promises that find their yes in Jesus. Reformation, take comfort in Christ, your Lord and Savior. I'd like to end with 1 Thessalonians 2. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. In Jesus' name, amen.